Hey family, this is Javer Fitzbogle and I am the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that it blesses you. We hope that it challenges you and we hope that it encourages you to see that God is moving in your life. So come grow with us and enjoy the message. What is going on, family? Y'all, let's give Jesus a round of applause. How y'all doing, man? Welcome, guys. Welcome to another week. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. I am so excited, man. God has been moving and doing amazing things in this ministry. One thing I know is this, man. God has not failed us, man. God has constantly shown himself to be true in us. And if there's one thing I know, I know this. We serve a good God, man. Lord has brought us, man, from so much. So we're talking about the first day we started doing these Bible studies, man. God has really brought us a, a mighty long way. I just wanted to take a moment to thank each and every single one of you that have jumped on here today. Yo, thank you. My name is Javer Fitzbogle, and I'm the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries. And this is our Bible study. We meet here every single week to dive into God's word together. And man, it has been a blessing. But listen, I want to know how you guys are doing. I'm seeing a whole bunch of new faces in the chat. What's up, people? I see you. Listen, if this is your first time, no matter what platform you're on, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Zoom, listen, I want you to put a one word or emoji in the comment section right now to explain how you're feeling. One word or one emoji, put it in the comment section so I can know how you're feeling. I want to see how you're doing. Let me see how you're feeling today. How you guys doing? We got a couple smiley faces. The peaks. Wait, is this the prayer hands? I'm trying. It's the prayer hands like prayed up. You saying prayed up? Okay, okay, cool. Ashley, I see you, man. How you doing? Great to see you. Awesome. We got a couple smiley faces in the chat. We got the strong arms. I'm still trying to feel out the strong arms, but listen, man, we growing stronger in Jesus. We got the praise hands, girl. I see you, Monique. Welcome. Good to have you here, man. Listen, guys, it is such a blessing to see each and every single one of you, and I'm so excited, man. God has been doing so much in this ministry. If it is your first time, joining us at TDM for our Bible studies. Listen, man, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. You've been doing a hundred million things. You've been doing so much other stuff, but you decided to take time out of your day to come fellowship with us. And for that, I want to say thank you so much. We pray that God will move in your life tonight. Amen. So what we are going to do is we are going to pull out our Bibles. If you got your Bibles, your computers, if you're on your notepads, wherever you're at, pull your Bible out because we're going to dive into God's word. Now, how many of you have been joining us since we started this series entitled Make Me? Make Me. One thing I know is this. This series has been all about perspective changes. God, what are you trying to do in our lives? So today, unfortunately, it is our last day or last week in this series entitled Make Me. But God has been speaking to us so clearly, and I want to take a moment today to really highlight a point. Someone asked me this week, what made you pick the topics that you picked specifically? Because when you think about it, this has been our longest series so far. We've dived into it. This is week seven of this series. Praise God for growth, right? But why on earth have we picked the titles or the topics that we did? Well, first off, it has been a God thing. 
Because you can be, you can pick anything. This thought of being made in Christ can go so long, man. God wants to make us pure in our lives. He wants to make us whole. He wants to make us righteous. He wants to do so much in us. But why the topics that we have taught on so far? Because we believe that God will not only give us clarity to understand, but he'll show us exactly why we have been learning about the things we have been learning about. And as we bring this series to a close, I want to start or trigger a new type of thought in you today, which is, yes, that God wants to make you, but he will never make you. But God wants to do something so supernatural in your life. It requires that you understand who you are in Christ Jesus and who he's making you to be. You see, this whole process that we've gone through has been about development. It's been about growth. It's been about increase. It's been about finding who we are in Christ Jesus and understanding who God is desiring for us to be specifically for his glory. What I know is this, God is faithful to do what he sets out to do in you. And my prayer is that that good work that God has started on the inside of you, that he would bring it to completion in Jesus' name. I'm believing that so many of you listening under the sound of my voice today have this understanding that God wants to make you into something amazing. But it starts with you allowing God into your house to renovate your furniture, to move things around, and ultimately to cultivate you into the man or woman of God that he has called you to be. So we're going to dive into the last week seven of our series entitled Make Me, pulling from the idea that God wants to make us, but he will never make us. In week one, we started talking about being made sure in Christ. It's one of the difficult things that we've all gone through where we just don't know if something is God. We don't know if God really is moving, if he's really trying to do something. We, we're just not sure. So week one was entitled, Make Us Sure. God, make me sure. And in that understanding, we learned that God wants to make us confident in him by increasing our faith and increasing our obedience in him. In week two, we learned about a teaching entitled, Make Us Light. Now, the lightness of who God is is found in his likeness. And we learned in Make Us Light that we were made to be light because God is light. And we talked about this and it took us into this understanding of being made room, week three. In week three, we learned what it meant to, what it meant to be made new, to be made room in Christ. And as we're being made room and made space for the new things that God wanted to do in our lives as we stepped into the new year, we realized that, wow, God doesn't just want to be in place into the things in our life, but he wants to replace the things in our life. As God begins to come in, he moves things around and replaces them. And in week four, we talked about a teaching entitled, Make Me Fruitful. Now, I got a lot of feedback on this message. Being made fruitful in God was a conversation, and we might actually have to have another conversation about it because it was such a blessing to people, but we talked about the idea of being fruitful in Christ. And we learned that being fruitful is not just about producing fruit, but it's about producing good fruit that we went through the topics and the idea and the understanding of being in root form, tree form, and then fruit form. And of course, in week six, excuse me, week five, we talked about a teaching entitled, Make Me Seedful. Now this one hit different because at the end of the day, 
we realize that yes, there are fruits and we want to be fruitful, but we have to acknowledge that there are seeds and every individual fruit is filled with seeds. To be seedful means to be filled with seed. What is on the inside of you? In week six, we talked about a teaching entitled, Make Me Evidence. Now this one, this one hits different for me because I had to understand, and, I, and we taught this lesson that God wants to make us evidence, but we had to gravitate ourselves around the idea that although God is evidence, that what he is trying to produce, he's producing it out of you. And if you look at the trail marks through your life, you will find that God has been with you the entire way. Make us evidence was the foundation for what God is gonna be talking about today. Today, we're gonna to be talking about a teaching entitled, Make Me Accord. Make me accord. And when we talk about the idea of being accord, we cannot skip over the idea of being made on one accord. Being made accord is a process that requires us to, be, to understand who we are and who we're becoming not just for ourselves, but for the sake of others. So if you have your Bibles with me, I want you to pull out Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, we're going to read verse 22 to 24. Let's read it together. Exodus 20, verse 22 says, And the Lord said to Moses, now God is talking. Y'all have this all the time where God talks to you in the background, and it's not just for you, it's for someone else too. God had these conversations with Moses. He said, Now, and the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, you have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. Verse 23, you shall not make gods of silver before me, nor shall you make yourselves gold, gods of gold. Verse 24, an altar of the earth, an altar of the earth, an altar of the earth you shall make for me, make for me a sacrifice on it unto your, unto your burnt offering and your peace offering, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and I will bless it. I'm reverse 24 again. And an altar of earth, you shall make for me a sacrifice on it, your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come and I will come to you and bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, in the name of Jesus for today, because we believe, God, that you move in mysterious ways. And God, we just pray in this moment that you would find the ears of your people, that every and every word and every single word that comes out of me today, God would be of your Holy Spirit, that it would find the ears of your people and plant good seed and fertile ground. Father, soften the hearts of those who are listening today and prepare them from understanding, revelation, and wisdom from God. Father, we thank you for what you've been doing in this ministry. Speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Make me accord. If I could give this title, this sermon, a subtitle, it would be Make Me an Altar. Because what we have found out for these last seven weeks is that God has been making us into something. And even though each week it has been strategically different, there has been one common theme through everything. 
God wants to make us altars. Altars are places or things or platforms, if we could say that, where you will put a sacrifice on and usher it up to God. The Bible says that we, that we ought to make ourselves a living sacrifice. The reason we become a living sacrifice is because there's something that has to be given in order to receive. We see that Jesus was given so that mankind could receive. What is it that God has given you that in order for you to get it, you have to receive? I remember when I was about 16, 16 years old, got one of my boys in the house. He might know about this story, but you know, it's cool if you don't know about it. So when I was about 16 years old, I played basketball in high school. That was my thing. That was my thug thizzle. One of my favorite players in basketball, one of, was none other than Allen Iverson, boy. Y'all know about AI. I put in the conversation, you know about AI. If you know about AI, you got to be a certain age bracket to really know about AI. But AI was a boss. You understand? He was a phenom. That boy, you knew, he knew how to cross left, right. He breaking angles off. I'm telling you, he was anointed to break ankles. If there was a basketball player anointed to play the game of basketball, it was Allen Iverson. He was so good, the world looked at him as someone who was the next Jordan. Now, what was crazy about AI wasn't the fact that he was so gifted at what he does. It was the fact that he was only six feet. So growing up in high school, I was like, shoot, I wanted to be like AI, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm really only six feet. I mean, now I'm six one. Don't take that away from me. But back then I was about six feet. I wanted to be like Allen Iverson because I believed that if I could be like AI, you know what? I can be the example of what it means to make it when you are below the standard, the average basketball height is 6'6". Six, six. It's crazy because there's not that many people shorter than that. So AI went against the grain of what was special. And I loved AI so much that I wanted his number. I wanted three was my favorite number. Growing up, I feel like all ballers, three is your number. AI made three a cool number. So I loved three so much. Three became that number that I wanted in high school. I tried to get it, but someone else took it. And that got me frustrated every single time. I couldn't get it, so I ended up wearing a different number, but I wanted to be like AI. And the number three meant something so significant to me. You see, three represents so many things in the kingdom of God. And this past week, I found myself looking up AI because I remembered his number and I saw how great he was. I said, God, what is it about three that makes everyone love it? And God took me in the scripture and he showed me a couple of things. He said, three is the number of eternal life. Three is the same amount of days that it took Jesus to be resurrected. Three, people saw Jesus transfigured on the Mount of Olives. That was John, that was Peter, that was Andrew, excuse me, John, Peter, and um, I believe it was um, uh, James. There we go, it was John, Peter, and James. When they went to the Mount of Olives, they saw Jesus transfigured on the Mount of Olives. Three is connected also to the Holy Trinity. Three is a powerful, powerful number. So when I look at three and I say, wow, three represents all these things. It represents the Father, represents the Son, represents the Holy Spirit. It's three in one. There's something about three. What does three represent? Three represents harmony. If you're taking notes, write this down. Three represents harmony. It also represents God's presence and his completeness. Three is powerful because it builds this idea that you can't do everything by yourself. You need something else. 
The reason you need something else is because it's something else builds you up and it completes you. So three is harmonious, but three represents completion. A lot of the things that God wants to do in your life, it takes something else in order for it to be completed. This is why you look at me today and we're starting to build this ministry. We're building this, that we're building TDM Globe. We're building a church. We're building foundation, but I can't do it by myself. It takes others to come in to complete something that God starts with you. When we talk about vision, it's important for us to understand that your vision will not be completed by you alone. See, God gives vision to an individual. We talked about this last week but he'll also give pieces of it to the masses. He'll never give vision to the masses, but he'll give pieces. Why does he give pieces? Because if he reveals to the individual everything at once, you wouldn't need to know what comes next. You are always short in the vision, but the vision always keeps you moving forward. Stay with me. Three is important because it talks about different elements of Christ Jesus himself. There were, um, 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 when we were created, we were created in the image of God that Jesus himself, he also died for us on the cross. There were so many things that relate to the understanding of three. Three is important because it talks about so many things, but one thing I wanna spend a minute on today is talking about the transfiguration. We talk about the transfiguration of Jesus. Every time we hear that word, it always references Jesus. And I looked it up this week and I said to myself, geez, the word transfigure doesn't only pertain to Jesus. But it was used with Jesus because we had to identify a specific time in Jesus's life where he became complete. So we see that John, Peter, James, they were able to witness the transfiguration of Jesus because someone had to be a part of what he was becoming. Whenever you are becoming something, there always has to be someone, something or something else that comes into your life to complete who you are. Matthew chapter 17, verse one and two. And after six days, Matthew 17, verse one to two. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brothers, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light as i began to read this scripture the lord began to explain to me what happened in these last seven weeks these last seven weeks god has been building something in us the thing that he has been building has been an altar and this altar is something that God has been building in us to support something that he wants us to do with or become. In this passage here, it talks about how Jesus became light. This is relevant to us because we spent a whole teaching talk about Jesus make us light. Write this down. The process of becoming is necessary for the process of understanding. You cannot understand something unless you go through it and understand it for yourself. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will come in and show you things that you've never seen before. The transfiguration of Christ Jesus happened specifically to him because he had to be, he had to become, he had to die, and then he had to rise again. So Jesus was, he died, and he became. The transfiguration is not, it, excuse me, it does not happen in the absence of death. It's always relevant to death. 
when you sow something into a ground, like a seed, we talked about being made fruitful, and you sow that thing into the ground, it has to go down and die in order for it to be transfigured. The transfiguration of something or someone always references death. And as I was reading, I said, God, wait a second, I'm trying to understand this. So you're telling me that when something dies, it automatically is transfigured? He told me no. He said the reason why Jesus died and he was transfigured was because he left here on earth. So I said, God, wait a second. If Jesus died and then he became, then what are we supposed to do if we're still alive? The idea of transfiguration is always relevant to death. But while you're alive, it's called transformation. We talk about transfiguration versus transformation because in order for you to become while you're alive, it's to be transformed. It's not to be transfigured. So a seed dies and then it becomes. Well, well wait a second, God. If a seed dies and then it becomes in order to be made fruitful, then, then what do we do in order to die to become transformed. We die to ourselves. We die to our flesh. We die to the things that we desire and we love in order to become the things of God. Paul said it, it is possible to live in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How is it possible when you die to your flesh, you will always live in the spirit? I used to think that transfiguration was only for Jesus but it's for us. And when we move on into heaven, we'll become transfigured, meaning we'll become complete. But there is a life that we ought to live on earth now that makes us transformed in Christ. Write this down. When we die, we'll be transfigured, but when we live, as we live, we must become transformed. When we die, we will be transfigured, but as we live, we must become transformed. Now, this is a struggle. Stay with me because we're going somewhere with this. This is a struggle for the body of Christ, for a lot of us, including myself. Because when we come to Christ Jesus and we become a child of God by the inheritance and through the gift of salvation by grace through faith, our soul is saved. But your body isn't. Your mind isn't. And this is why some of us, we come to Jesus and we... <laughs> It's like, I came to Christ, but I'm still struggling. I, I still don't see things the way that I should. It's because salvation is a gift that saves your spirit. But the process of salvation saves your mind, your body, and your soul. To be transformed in Christ is to be completed with your mind, your body, and your soul. Transfiguration is when you die Transformation is when you are alive. I think we need to look at ourselves from a different lens today. As we're coming to this close of being made in Christ as a topic, we have to understand that no matter what we do, there is death involved. And the death that we call dying to yourself in order to become the fruit that you are has everything to do with being transformed in your mind, your body, and your spirit. Jesus transfigured in the natural 
to his completion in the spiritual. And as we are here on earth as spirit beings, we must tra be transformed in the natural through our mind, our body, and our spirit. So that these three things can function in harmony. When your mind and your body and your spirit function in harmony, you have something that I like to call a three-stranded cord. I want you to pass me this, pass me this right here. That one, there we go. Y'all see this here? This is string. Can y'all see it? This is string. Now, string is very resourceful. It's very useful. It can do a lot of things. But one thing we know string is good for, it's good for tension. It's good to put things on the opposite side and hold things together. String has many purposes. But when we talk about our mind, our body, and our spirit, we cannot separate the three because the three makes who you are. When we take string and we put it together, each individual strand produces a stronger connection. And every time you add it, girls, you notice when you braid your hair, you notice same fish, different dish. And you start putting these strings together. Every single time you add a strand or a cord, it becomes stronger. I want to present to you this idea today that being saved in your spirit is not enough for you to live the life that God has called you to live. That if God has called you to be righteous and holy, if God has called you to be whole and sanctified, that it may not only be a salvation of your spirit, but it has to be a salvation of your mind. Because what ends up happening is the devil is crafty, comes into our life in different ways. And as he comes into our life, what he does is he goes to the place that's the weakest. So if you're saved in your spirit, the devil ain't coming for your spirit. He's gonna come for your mind. If you're being, if you're working out your salvation, God, make me new, right? Make me not conform to this world, but God, make me transformed by the renewing of my mind. God, make me, there seems to be another level when your mind is now made and your spirit is now saved, the devil still goes for the weakest link. Pass me this other chord here. And we realize that if this represents our spirit and we have another strand, what happens in the natural is we experience salvation and salvation comes with the saving of our spirit. We know this is true because the Bible says that our spirit uh, uh, bears witness within us and it has sustained our infirmity, meaning that our spirit will never die. So when God saves our spirit, the next thing is you got to do is you got to save your mind. And now here comes your mind in the same context before. Now you're saved. Now you got your mind and you bring it together and you make a cord. But it's so interesting because you cannot have completion with a spirit body and just a mind. 
When we talk about transformation, transformation is always in the context of completion. When you are complete, that means you are transformed. And when you have yet to be transformed, you'll find where you are not complete. Pass that over there for me. When you start to take the cord of your spirit, and God says now, I'm going to, hold on, wait right there for me. And now God says that I'm going to now, I'm going to help you to save your mind. He then takes your mind, but watch this. What ends up happening is God takes your mind and your spirit and he intertwines them together. Why does he do that? Our spirit is tied with our mind because it makes us who we are on earth. And we talk about our soul, I'm not gonna talk about this today, but the soul is a very interesting topic, something that goes on with you in eternity. Your body is something that only lives today. It only lives when you're on earth. So when you get a cord, it's only this strong. But what ends up happening when you get your body in check, let me get this cord right here. And this is where a lot of us are today. We're saved in Christ. We're saved through faith. We're kind of getting our mind right because, you know, we still think in the gutter. But for some reason, we can't get our body in check. What ends up happening is we miss an element of our salvation. It does not mean that you will not be saved and make it into heaven. But for a lot of us, the transformation that we're looking for in Christ comes when the three portions of who you are are connected. And I used to braid my sister's hair. Let me see if I can do this again today. When you take three pieces and you, what do they say, go right over left? Am I doing this right? Right over left? And they start to braid it. Someone hold it. Someone come hold this real quick. Anybody? Anybody come hold this real quick. When you hold that portion, I don't know if they can see it. It's like you're braiding a hair. The strength of who you are and who you were created to be has everything, you can pull it that way, pull it that way a little bit, has everything to do with the cords that God has made for you. And as some of us today, I don't know if y'all can see it, are in a position where you're wondering, God, why is it that I can't get this area of my life in check? Why is it that I'm still struggling with my mental mind? Why is it that I'm struggling with my purity? Why is it that I'm struggling to make friends? Why is it that I'm struggling in my school? I can't keep a job. And I've come here today to tell you that when you're missing elements of your salvation, it breaks up the essence of who God has created you to be. That God has made you to be a three-stranded cord, something that is so not easily broken, but not so that you would just be together and complete, so that the vicissitudes of life wouldn't tear you apart. You see, God made you in pieces. You see, God made you in strands. This was you when you were made. God made you as a strand. This is how Adam was made. He was made as a strand. 
The Bible says that when God created Adam, he said, let's make man in our own image. And he made man. And if man, we talked about this last week and made a seed for, if God made man and man was never a baby because he took him out of Abe's rib, then we wouldn't need the seed. And just in the same fashion that a seed comes to the ground and it then becomes a tree, the process of being made has everything to do with who you started as, not who you see yourself as. You see, I see myself as somebody strong, but really I'm just a strand. And when God created Adam, he made him from the dust of the earth. Oh, this is so good. When he formed man, he formed him from the dust. He didn't just say, let there be man. He actually took it from somewhere. The somewhere that he took it was a strand called a seed. The seed was the earth. We know this is true because when we talk about seeds, seeds, everything in life that's ever been created comes from a seed. doesn't matter what it is. It comes from a seed. Trees come from a seed. Fruits come from a seed. Chickens come from a seed. The seed is called an egg. Animals come from a seed. The seed is called a womb. And God created the moon. And what was the seed of the womb? The dust. And so God created a cord, a three-stranded cord. He created us mind, body, and spirit. We were meant to be this. We were meant to be strong and not easily broken. Jump with me quickly here to Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, where it says, and though a man might prevail against what? What does it say here? One who is alone. Though a man might prevail against one, two will withstand him, but three is not easily broken. When God made you, he made you to be unbreakable. And if I could give this another subtitle, it would be God made us unbreakable. But we don't start invincible. We start as a seed. We start in the beginning and we become. God made you to become a three-stranded cord that was not easily broken, but we have to go through a process. And as I began to look throughout these last seven weeks, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me in threes. Struggled three times, messed up three times. In this area, I was like, man, I'm trying to fast, but I'm like, ah, forgot that there was sugar in certain types of water. Ah, messed up three times. It was like a whole bunch of three mistakes. And I started looking in the lessons and watch, watch this, watch this. I began to talk about last week and last week we talked about Daniel, if you were here. And in Daniel, we brought up the idea, right? That God, excuse me, that Daniel, when understanding the vision, the Bible says that I, Daniel, had a vision and the vision that I had came to me in such a way which I understood. And we talked about this last week that anytime God gives you a word, we have to have the reveal of the word or the revelation of the word, the understanding of the word. And not only do we have to have the understanding of the word, we have to have, excuse me, we have to have the, um, 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 the, the oh, sorry, I might mix up here. We have to have the revelation of the word. We have to have the knowledge of the word and we have to have the understanding, which is the direction. 
And when God takes the revelation and then he takes the understanding and he takes the direction, it produces something that's so strong that we just know what to do. And as I began to pray, the Holy Spirit began to show me that revelation, understanding, let's twist this right here. Revelation, understanding, and direction produces something that is extremely strong. And I began to look at every series beforehand. And would you believe me if I told you that make me sure, make me light, and make me room were all areas of revelation. They were all areas of revelation because they helped to reveal something that I didn't know, make me sure it came from a place where you just don't know what to do. I, God, I didn't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Father, what do I do when I think you're talking to me, but I'm not sure? Make me sure was about revealing that God is doing something in your life. And then we jumped over to make me light. And when we started talking about being made light, we had to understand that we had to know who we are. That's revealing again. God had to reveal, hey, you were made to be light. You, you were made to be light. Yes, you might be lacking sureness, but I made you to be confident. And then we said, God, but, but God, we have to make room. Why do we have to make room? Because to become who you're becoming, there has to be room or capacity to receive. I said, God, wait a second. You mean the first three weeks we were talking about revelation? Well, what about the next two weeks when we talked about being made fruitful? and being made seedful. The Lord said, that's understanding. Because in the process of understanding who we're becoming, God is doing something in us called the process. You have to understand that yes, you were meant to be fruitful, but you cannot be fruitful until you realize what the process is. We talked about the process, being made into root form and being made into tree form and being made into fruit form. And then we talked about being seedful. Make me seedful was understanding. Because once we knew who we were becoming and what God was trying to do in us, the fruit and the seed was just understanding because the fruit always had the seed in it. You just have to realize that every time you eat a fruit, don't throw away the seed. Go back and plant it. It's understanding. Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this moment? Week three or the second set, we'll talk about now being made evidence. Now last week and today being made on accord that God has showed us this, that this past week and this week today was all about direction. It was all about direction. Because when we look at being made evidence, God wants to make us evidence. Evidence always points to something or it always points somewhere. God, make me an altar. Make me a one accord. Why accord? Why an altar? Because this is who we were meant to be. But this, for most of us, is who we're becoming. What a lot of us don't realize today is that God is helping us to become who we were already made to be. We were already three-stranded cords, but we didn't start as a three-stranded cord. We, start, we started as three individual cords. 
We started as a spirit. We started as a mind and we started as a body. This is how we started. But family, this is how we finish. I want you to jump with me here to Exodus chapter 20, verse 22 and 24. As our starting text, it says, and the Lord said to Moses, thus you shall say to the people of Israel, you have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. Last week, we talked about this. When God gives you a word, he gives you the word to reveal something. He gives you the word to give you understanding of something. And he gives you the word for direction. He told Moses, now I gave you revelation. I gave you understanding. I gave you direction. Verse 23, you shall make no other gods, no gods of silver, no gods of gold, no gods of Netflix, no gods of boyfriends, no gods of girlfriends. You shall not take any of these things, nor make for yourself gods of gold. 24, an altar on earth, an altar on earth you shall make for me. And I sat here for an hour and I did not know why. And the Holy Spirit showed me. It says here in verse 24 that God wants Moses, who is us in this context, to make an altar of earth. An altar of earth, not an altar for earth. An altar of earth. And it's so crazy because was it two weeks ago we started talking about being fruitful and in our fruitful series, we talked about the earth and the substance and what is needed and what's necessary to become. And we learned in that week talking about seeds that man comes from a seed called dirt and the dirt is the earth. Can I motion to you this thought today? that just as God was saying, I want you to make altars of earth, that perhaps God was saying in this moment that God wants to make altars of me, altars of you. And the idea of being made an altar of you has everything to do with understanding who you are, what God's revealing, your understanding and your direction. He said to him here, he said, now make an altar of earth, which is crazy because the dust comes from the earth. And he said, let's make man out of our image. And man came from a seed and the seed was dirt. And the dirt came from the ground and the ground is the earth. Moses had to make something from who he was. Everything that God had Moses make, Moses had it from the beginning. And may I motion to you guys this thought today that everything that God is making you to become in this season, which is a form of a cord that is not easily broken, is all on the inside of you already. That God is making us to be an altar to present a living sacrifice. And that living sacrifice is you. That living sacrifice is me. 
That living sacrifice is the person next on your screen. It's the person sitting next to you in the room. A living sacrifice on the altar. I can see when Abraham was sent to the mountains to take the life of his child. And God said, do you trust me? I want you to offer your son as a sacrifice. I could imagine making the altar and your own blood is the thing that has to spill from it. Some of us have to realize here today that sometimes God will have you labor with yourself so that you can realize who you are, so that you can become who he made you to be. God wants to make us, but he will never make us. God never made Abraham go up to the mountaintop to take his son's life, but God wanted to make him a father of all nations. God will sometimes take you to a place to do things that make you feel so uncomfortable. They make you feel so uneasy just to get you to a place to where you can step into who he's called you to be. It's not easy becoming a three-stranded cord that's not easily broken. It's not easy becoming that man or woman of God that he's called you to be. It's not easy becoming anointed. It's not easy to become who God has made you to be, but it is easy to say yes. Try. Here I am, God, I'm, I'm gonna try. I, I told one of my sisters this week, I said, you know, what's, what's difficult, what's challenging, what's hard is not saying yes to Jesus. What's hard is letting go of everything else behind you. You see, it, it's, not, it's not hard to, to, to bring your mind and your body and your soul together, that ain't hard. What's hard is letting go of what each one wants individually. It's, it's not hard to become a three-stranded cord. It's hard to become one cord that says no. There's a lot of people who fall into this place like I have, where I was just three individual cords, all in three individual places. And God's like, I want to use you, but you have too many parts that aren't coming together. Today, I want you to understand this message that you might come in parts, but you were meant to be one. Just like Jesus came as Jesus, he was meant to be all three. And so he was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he came as one cord. He came as one to lay his life down as one, just one, just one so that he can show you it's possible to be whole as one. Mm. It's possible to be who you've been called to be as one strand. Mm. It's possible for you to look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm not enough. I'm not strong enough, God. He said, yeah, yeah, one, one, one is necessary. One, one will get the job done. Because one is the beginning of two, and it's the beginning of completion. And as I bring this conversation to a close, I want every single person here to understand today that this message is not about strengths. This message is about wholeness. And the moment that you understand you were made in parts like Eve was, as a rib, you'll realize that every rib was meant to come back to the body it was taken from. Some of us have, have really like ran far away from Jesus and avoiding Jesus our whole life. 
been running away from the call, running away from the purpose, running away from righteousness, running away from being holy, running away from being whole because we, we think it's hard to be a strand. But it's much harder to stay one strand than it is to become on one accord. I want to pray for you today. If you believe that you are somebody who falls into this conversation, where God, I feel like I'm just in pieces and I don't know how to become. This whole series was about revelation, understanding, and direction. I want you to know that the revelation is when Jesus comes into the picture and he says, here I am, will you accept me? And when you understand the revelation, then you say, yes, Lord, I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. The understanding comes in when you realize that you can't stay at the place that you're at. That there's more to life than just being the strings that you are. It's more to life than just being a spirit and now your soul is saved. It's, there's more to life than just, you know what, my head ain't right, but at least I ain't having sex though. You see, there's more to life than, you know what, I'm going to smoke, but as long as I don't talk bad to nobody, I'm sure I'm good. I love Jesus, right? There's more to life and the more is always found in direction. And that direction is Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In him is life and life more abundantly. If he is the way, then he is the direction. I believe that God wants us to get that picture today that there's more to life than the life that we live. There's more to you than just one strand, but we were meant to come together with ourselves as one and two and three so that we could form one chord. And once we form one chord, our responsibility is to form two chords. And if we can form two chords, I believe God will help us to form three. And this three is not me, myself, and I, but this three is me, my neighbor, my uncle, my friend, that person I don't really want to talk to at my job, the person who stole my food and going to give it back, that friend that never paid me back when she said she was going to give me that dollar back. I believe God wants us to be on one accord with our family, with our siblings, with our friends, with the body of Christ. And this is who we're meant to be. A three-stranded body of Christ that is not easily broken. I want to pray for you today. That God would strengthen your life, that he would bring you to a place of understanding, that you will become who God had always made you to be. He'll never make you but God desires to make you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for every person listening on all of these platforms. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to understand the words you sent as it's been revealed. And Father, that you would help us by giving us direction. Your word says that we become a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path. I pray, God, that Psalms 119 and 105 becomes real to whoever's listening under the sound of my voice right now in Jesus' name. 
Father, light up what's in front of them so that they would know which way they are going. Father, I thank you, God, for the body of Christ, that we will become what you made us to be, which is a body that's hands and feet and legs and knees, a whole body that is necessary in wholeness to function effectively so that we can go out and do what you commanded us to do. I pray, God, that every word that was spoken here today bring life to your people. Father, let it change us and transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to just last say I want to pray for any person in here who has not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Listen, before you hop off, don't hop off, because our after chats won't pop off. I want to pray for you. Because I do believe that when you don't have Jesus in your life, you don't have revelation, you don't have understanding, and you definitely don't have direction, you're not even like a single strand, but you're like no strand. You're easily blown with the wind because the strand of you is what makes you who you are. I want to pray for you in this moment that God would give you clarity, that he would remove the clutter from your eyes so that you could see clearly. And if that's you and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you right now. If that is you, I want you to repeat these words after me. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, even when I don't understand. Father, reveal your word to me. Give me the understanding. Help me to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Renew me. Transform me. In Jesus' mighty name, come into my life as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Hey family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer requests, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message to the Detox Movement on all social platforms. And be sure to get your official Detox brand merch at thedetoxbrand.com. And above all things, family, remember that you are loved, you are blessed, you are beautiful, and most importantly, you are detoxified by God's amazing grace. And until next week, family, God bless you.